Hey, Marcus, you like movies? Yes, I do. Hey, Oscar, do you like movies? Yeah, they're cool. Yeah, that they, they are totally cool. This is Zebras in America, movie podcast, episode 121. Still working remotely, still doing what we're going to do. We have a beloved guest, honorable third zebra, and my partner, love of my life, Saskia Khan here. It's been a while. Ooh, hello. hello. <laughs> oh, we're recording. So romantic. Yeah, we're not going to post the video, but we are on video so we can see each other. But I like all the little heart signs you're doing. Oh, nice shirt, and, too, representing 413. Oh, that's exactly. true. It's not Amber, okay, but whatever. No, yeah, it's 413, though. Why you got to, you know, come on, Marcus. There were our rivals in have, high school sports. Yeah, but sometimes, that. sometimes your rivals become your idols. Did you something. have a candy <laughs> store in Amherst? He got diabetes. Yeah. So he ate all the candy. At, at, at Sweeties specifically, yeah. Yeah, I uh, I hope Sweeties exists after all of this, because oh, if you're man. listening, if you're listening currently, we are we are we are social distancing and doing the right thing during the COVID nineteen pandemic. But if you're listening, you know, in the future, hopefully everything is okay. Uh, yeah. We're we're discussing today. Our plan is to try to discuss the new film by Eliza Hitman. Yes. Never, rarely, sometimes, always. And also, we before we do that, we thought it was, you know, because Saskia loves Eliza Hitman. We discovered together through the show, Marcus recommending us It Felt Like Love, um, Eliza Hitman's excellent 2013 first film, which was in the same time as Newlyweeds by friend of the show, Shaka King, and film that I scored. And... So Saskia and I have a, we have a thing where we watch Eliza Hitman movies when they come out. So that was really exciting. And it is a film with a very, you know, female centric topic. So I thought it was nice for not just two dudes to talk about it. Yeah. And we have a couple emails to read. If you'll, if you'll humor us, Saskia. Yes. What's in your inbox? We have we have a bunch. Uh, last episode we did a really awesome episode about. No, two weeks ago we did an episode about Bruno Dumont's excellent Joan of Arc, and and our lovely fan John Arminio, by the way, hi Doug, sent us a nice email, and we're apparently going to become pen pals, which is sick. Carlos sends me emails too. Some sends me mail sometimes, which is really cool. John Arminio Dude, sent me a postcard. He sent me a postcard. Uh, like two weeks ago during this whole pandemic. That's the kind of guy yeah. he is. Yeah, we're going to be pandemic pals. Yeah. Pan pals. What? Pan pals. Like short for pandemic, yes. play on pen yeah, pals. Yeah, that's, that's what I just said, you motherfucker. I thought you said pen pals. I thought you like literally. Oh, I said pan pals. pals. Oh. Sorry. I don't know why I'm being so aggressive. Dear Zebras, thank you for electronic missives on your show. It's always such a privilege to be part of the conversation. It was once again a great about film, but as well as history, philosophy, and religion. It was wonderful to hear you mention Simone Weil, a fascinating figure I am vaguely familiar with, but certainly not enough to quote her. Not even well enough to know there's a documentary about her, too, actually, my friend, but I sent them to you already. I will have to seek it out. Your balanced and insightful perspective on Joan of Arc was also wonderful, especially when you talked about her skill and intelligence during her questioning at trial. Scott mentioned that he would like to receive some written correspondence. And so that's just him saying he wants to be pen pals, which I'm super excited about. And thank you for the nice note. We have one more note. So from Leonard Rubert. Hi, Scott and Marcus. Uh, recently, uh, I like Leonard. We've had an, a couple private messages before. Mm -hmm. I'm Leonard Rubert. I pronounce my name. It doesn't Isn't, really matter. He's Bel yeah, I think it's Rubert. I think he's Belgian. You might remember me from Twitter. If not, I don't blame you. I do remember you from Twitter. We had a nice talk about whether you should go to art school or not. I've been listening to the podcast for a while now, but this is the first time I send in an email. I don't have anything in particular to say, except that I wanted to thank you guys for doing what you do. I don't really have any friends who are into movies, or at least not any that are into the ones I'm into, 
So listening to your podcast makes me feel like every week I'm hanging out with these really cool and incredibly thoughtful film friends that I don't have in real life. Well, we are your real life film friends, Leonard. I love how there is no real performative aspect to your show. You get the feeling that your personas on the podcast aren't any different from those off mic, while occasionally you guys' deep knowledge of the many subjects that you touch upon can be a bit overwhelming or even intimidating. Are you reading like that? <laughs> you more often than not inspire me to be more adventurous with my own movie watching and keep on exploring. After listening to your first of two Claire Denis episodes, I revisited Beau Travail, a movie I couldn't even finish the first time I watched it when I was 16. And I loved it so much that I would even put it in my top 20 of all time now. Sorry if my email was a bit hard to read. My English is far from perfect. Did a read. We understood it. I hope you guys are doing well, especially now in these confusing and troubling town times. Just wanted to let you guys know that there are people out there who really appreciate what you do. Sincerely, Leonard. Wow. All right, thanks, man. You I know, wanna know if he went to art school. This was recent. He was like, what should I do? Should I focus on, you know what, art, maybe he doesn't want me totally talking about it because it was a private, message so but well, we need I was a follow just, up how about we that? do need a follow up Leonard this is a really wonderful email I totally agree with you that sometimes what we can do what we do here is a little overwhelming it's a it's criticism that we've gotten from people well not even criticism because I don't think it's a criticism I just think it's a it's a thing so without any further ado uh Marcus how have you been good <clears throat> uh I'm writing a lot more. I'm, I feel good, but weird about the next few things I'm going to post on Pinland Empire, just because they're, the views are a little spicy. Um, but you know, it's, I, I, I like coherent and good film dialogue. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. And uh, other than that, I'm just, I'm finally watching more movies now, case in point, what we're going to get into. And uh, yeah. Kind of lo 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 looking for jobs, even though it's like an odd, obviously an odd. I actually had a phone interview like a week and a half ago, which which is weird because it's like, am I? They 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 hey look they 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 approach me and they're hiring, so I'll take it. But it's just like I, if say I get hired, I'm not coming in because right. you know it's just a weird time. But anyway, other than that, yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm doing all right. I'm good. Collecting the money what that's owed to me by the world. Your interview. What's that? What did you wear to your interview on the phone? Uh, my, uh, what, what's the heat tech? What, 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 what's that brand? The tech, heat tech, like just like man long johns and a t-shirt. Heat tech. Heat, heat tech, tech. Japanese technology. Yeah. I, I was going to make, so one thing, Leonard, we really are who we are on record and off record, but the the jokes that Marcus and I, share privately are a little more spicy than the ones we share here. In fact, Saskia will sometimes hear me giggling and she's like, what are you and Marcus talking about right now? It's either me and Marcus or me and Tone Tank, but I just started a text thread with me, Tone Tank and Marcus and no oh one is God. safe. That's going to get arrested. That's going to get problematic. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I've anyways, um, I have a big phone and sometimes Tam's not, my wife's not like nosy, what do you tell, but like she'll just look over. I have a big phone and there's a big screen so that I'll wait till you're done drinking. <laughs> um, the thing when the, the Rubik's Cube joke, when I was like two over. Yeah. And I said, and then she just happened to be next to me. I was like, this is my Nubian queen. And then Tam yeah, was like, wait, what? <laughs> Which is the right then, response. I'm glad she had yeah. that response. And then, and then, and then I explained tone in private. I was like, I was like, yeah, no, no, your jokes are totally cool, but let's just be a little, <laughs> let's feel the, let's feel the room. But what I'm trying to say is, speaking of movies and work and your website, uh, when I finally finish school, I would like to write something about "Sorry We Missed You." Of course, please. Um, but let's let's get to what we're here for today. A little preamble. Eliza Hitman is writer director from Brooklyn New York and not 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 the parts of New Brooklyn New York that are often talked about in 
in indie films of the early ever, really. Honestly, ever, almost ever. Almost or, ever. As as Shaka calls it, Bush Brooklyn, you know, Brooklyn where there's bushes and trees. And so when 2013's It Felt Like Love, when Saskia and I saw it, I think in 2017, to see uh a, a protagonist, a teenager from Gravesend who wants so badly to be cared for and accepted and but gets taken advantage of in some of the scarier scenes I've seen in a non-horror movie. I was totally taken taken aback because you you have this tradition of listless characters that don't take what they're going through as seriously as they should, like in the tradition of, you know, Barbara Loden's Wanda or Morver and Collar, and you just have these people shrugging through scary events, and I was just, I was just totally taken. I was, I was in love with the film, and I think Saskia, you really liked it as well. She wrote, okay. she wrote a, a a thing for you to read after, after she saw it. You oh, right, that? that's true. Yeah. I, yes. Do you remember that, Sas? That Hitman wrote a, something for you to read. No, you. Do. No, you. Oh, oh. Wow. <laughs> you made me, you made me I'm a read grandma. something you wrote. <laughs> I'm like, what did I do? <laughs> oh, that's nice, honey. <laughs> uh, yeah. I actually don't, you know, I think I also had, uh, was taking a color photo class at the time with a friend and photo colleague person, Doran Wallet at the ICP. And that's where I actually first heard of the film um, because he was trying to connect. We were teaching high school students photography yeah. and he was always trying to, you know, give them relatable content and suggested that be one of their films to go seek out as, you know, their teenagers and the, the characters of the film based in New York as a New York City kids in the photo class. And that was actually my introduction um but yeah and also so if you want to listen to our episode that about where we talked about it felt like love that is episode five and now we oh holy shit yeah yeah because because oh because b-tracks was episode 20 something it was like 26 or something like that yeah and so then we super excitingly went to see you know two 17 beach rats which was in like sheepshead bay manhattan beach area where where saskia's from and there's like handball and these sort of characters that you would that if you lived in rural rural america you'd call white trash but you don't call it white people white trash because they have italian accents or brooklyn accents because it's italian irish american whatever and i thought the movie was stunning to look at but the story was a little short for me. What did you think, Saskia? Um, well, I mean, it's interesting because I was going to say that, you know, as soon as you show somebody their own neighborhood on a big screen, mm-hmm. um, you're automatically excited. Um, and then to carry that excitement and follow through with that that emotion is actually quite difficult because I was thinking about how we tried to watch that new TV show about Gravesend. Called Gravesend. Uh, oh. There's also the movie Gravesend from the 90s. Yeah. It's not yeah. great. Yeah, and I, I don't think I lasted more than 10 minutes. Um, Literally 10 minutes and we're like, let's eat dinner. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I am a fan of her work, I am not like a plot remember, or like I'm not a very specific, like I don't, I can't quote films and I can't remember characters' names, but I can very much remember like how the film made me feel and like what the overall like visual language was. Mm-hmm. And that that visual language has impacted me really hard. Like it, lit a fire under my ass to go make the work that I make about Manhattan Beach in my photography because (laughs) you know it it lit that kind of competitive spirit um healthy competitive spirit of being like 
oh shit, like, you know, I can't just let this one other amazing Brooklyn female artist take my childhood um, and put it out there. I need to go make my, tell my story and like get my voice involved um, in a healthy way, you know? So, and then of course the main character, I was so impressed by because he encapsulated like that I, ideal um, like male character that I always kind of had a crush on growing up. Mm -hmm. And then the character, the actor is actually from England. Yeah. Um, and I remember being like jaw drop, like <laughs> reaction to that because I was thinking, I mean, he was perfectly casted and it was a great choice, but wow, you couldn't find anybody to play that part. And, I, and then I kind of started to wonder, wow, I wonder how that happens, you know, and kind of the chip on the shoulder about being from Brooklyn, if that plays a role and why it's hard to actually cast that real person. Right. Well, his, his three friends in the movie were definitely they had to have been from around the way. They just probably they couldn't act yeah. that well, but it's like, there's no, just their faces, everything. But I just think it's like, well, I'm not gonna jump. We'll, we'll get into that when we get into the, her, her third feature in terms of acting and whatnot. But anyway, yeah. Simon, go ahead. Yeah, and I also, you know, I, I've, Saskia and I have talked a lot about how, you know, being, being kids from Brooklyn and having artistic leanings and not always feeling accepted in Manhattan spaces. So it was just nice to see this film that film these films that are unabashedly have a quote unquote artistic focus, but people and characters that I've grown up with. Oh, uh, episode 24 is the episode where we, that we did uh, Beach Rats, by the way. Right. And then you, you know, you have this you just can't, again, the narrative depth of the film, I had some issue with, Beach Rats, but visually and tonally and lyrically, I thought it was fantastic. And to see these characters in that sort of way and um, Saskia's photographic work that she's been working also t taps into that. I don't know if you want to talk about it on, on the podcast, Saskia, but well, if I you want to talk about the work been working on oh I mean thank you uh, I don't know um I just want to push back on that idea about like not feeling that you didn't feel super engaged by like the arc of the narrative of a beach rat rats because mm -hmm. I think that that is kind of the mo of the three films is to actually not have to like develop um like a really complex storyline and that's why for me like I said as somebody who's been not really good at like remembering the nitty-gritty details mm -hmm. of a film to me I can recall like I feel like hey I recall beach rats I know Plum Beach um you know violent situation ensues like kind of hidden closeted um young male in south brooklyn like all of those things i feel like i attach to and i don't really need more than that because oh, for me so, it's that... about you know as long as it lasts sure my memory right. long enough right then... yeah it's funny like what scott said yeah, it's um, like the I, I oh sorry go ahead yeah no it's it's not so much that i need it to be a complex narrative because you know, as we'll, as we'll get into with never, rarely, sometimes, always, it's not so much the pacing or the story about like how it's presented. I just was curious about why she was working in the space that she was working, which is this, this kid in Southern Brooklyn who is closeted and has these friends that he's, that aren't, really his friends and they play handball and his dad passes away and they just really care about his cancer drugs and he has a girlfriend who he's who he's not being completely honest to and it ends in violence based off of a real story i was just curious as to why she focused on that on that lens 
And I, because I, I've, I've watched Beach Rats a couple of times since, and it's like, I don't, just choosing my words carefully, there's definitely, that movie, which the more I watch it, the more quietly, visually stunning it is. Yes. You know, when you think of visually stunning movie, it's like, oh, this movie was shot by Roger Deakins. This movie was shot by Emmanuel Lubezki. But right. like this, the more I was like, wow. But yeah. plot wise, I do think it's kind of a play on, I'm not, but there is, in, in, in this time that we live in, with, uh, that's the best way to say. It. I just think there there is a fascination that some straight women have with the clot, the perceived closeted se- se- sexuality of men, and it's mm-hmm. like I, I know these these pe- 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 people very well. And there's also this thing where it's just like, oh, just admit you're gay. And sometimes it's like, no, I'm actually not gay. It's like, oh, look at you denying. And it's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not, den- I'm just stating a fact and it's fine that I'm not. And if I was, that'd be Could, cool too. Uh, you, you so, broke up. Could you, you, you broke up. Could you repeat that? No, it's just one sentence? of these things where it's like, all men have homosexual thoughts. I think all men, there's a little bit of gay there because, and it's just like with some men, when we say like, no, like I'm, I'm straight all the way there's this certain sector of people that are just like, oh, no, you're not. And then the minute you're, you're put in this weird box where it's like, if you say like, well, no, I'm not. It's like, look at you denying. And it's like, no, I'm not denying. I'm right. just literally just I, not. And, and that's fine. And if I was, that would be fine also. But it's just, it's this weird kind of like, I think sometimes, and I'm not putting this on uh, beach rats, but like a lot of the, I don't, but like a lot I don't of memes and a lot of social- does that though. No, no, I know. I'm just saying, but it does stem from that whole like, sometimes and it's out of place for me because I'm not gay so I don't want to speak too deep on it but there's like too much sometimes there's too much of a playfulness about homosexuality from people who aren't homosexuals it's a lot of times like straight people and it comes from a good place like they try to be allies but they're just like oh being gay is awesome being gay and and it's just kind of I don't know it just almost cheapens it it's okay so take it to a black person sometimes it's the equivalent of like someone at a job like what's up, bro? What's up, brother? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's the same kind of thing where it's like, you don't have to do that. Just say hi. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think that that's applicable, applicable to beach rats, but I hear you. And I just, I just want to you, to me, I don't, I don't see that. I just thought it was interesting to, to focus on that part of the story, but it was, you know, there's not a lot of movies that take place in Manhattan Beach. There's like that Bill Murray movie, St. Vincent, which was, which looked beautiful, but it's just, you don't, you don't visit that place that much. So when you do, it's really interesting. And it's, it was nice to see it. And Beach Rats is definitely the best looking movie of hers. I really oh, a thousand like percent. The, the, the camera work of never rarely, sometimes, always, is also quite stunning. Saskia, you had something to say? Uh, I just think that if you're from the area that Beach Rats takes place in, you're going to have a different um, understanding of like kind of the idiosyncrasies that Marcus is touching on about like mm. gay, straight, like those little things yeah. Um, yeah. that happen culturally. And I just thought it, what you said made me think that perhaps that being a plot line of this character is actually a device to help emphasize how hyper-masculine the culture is. That without the character being gay, you don't have a real way to understand how intolerant the culture is and how homophobic the culture is culture so it's kind of like a paradoxical way of using a script yeah very good point yeah you're yeah you're you're totally that's a really very good that's why we had you on the show because you're you're killing it right now i think we when we saw it 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 reminds me because when we saw it at film at lincoln center Mm -hmm. which is like you know a a hub of at least the audience we saw it with it felt like this is a safe space for very comfortably out older men in the arts Mm -hmm. to come see a film and that is it can be a difficult film to watch 
and understand if you have a different understanding of what being comfortable in your homosexuality is. And so, yeah, it, it's always about how the meaning of a film is often about the meaning of your own life, like what the audience brings mm-hmm. to it. So. And I do understand that, that I take for granted that I don't understand all the subtleties of that by being, by being a, cisgendered heterosexual white man I do I do appreciate that there are things that I don't pick up on and so there's there's that and do, do you all have anything else before before uh, we touch on never rarely sometimes always well it's more like a transition in that different towns different characters of course, but in a way, the connection of her first movie and the movie we're about to talk about reminded me of uh, U.S. Go Home and Annette and Bonnie, where it's kind of like, it's not a sequel, but at the same time, it kind of is, because it's almost like this, the young girl from it, it, it felt like love to some degree, given the stuff she went to, especially in the, the, the last right. quarter of the movie. This, what happens in Never Early, Sometimes Always, could have been her follow-up story. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. um, And that's kind of but- like I immediately thought about that right but because because the story is essentially about self-determination for this character to to have an abortion legally without having to inform her mother they had it it had to be a different state it had to be a different story but i totally agree and um yeah so in never rarely sometimes always you start with this young lady who's into indie rock and she lives in a small Pennsylvania town and she's playing a song, uh, He's Got the Power by the Exciters at a talent show and her, her mother's played by Sharon Van Etten and there's these guys that are heckling her and then she, they, she has dinner with her family afterwards and she shoves a drink in a kid's face and you don't understand the the important the significance of that and then you then then she realizes that she's pregnant and because she lives in Pennsylvania she would have to inform her have been supportive you don't really know but and she tries without giving away too much about the film because there's some scenes in there that were so visceral and so brutal you know this movie held no punches when it talked about this and she goes with her cousin they steal money from from their disgusting manager at, at like a key food type place they work at to go to New York so she can have so she can have an abortion, and it's about what happens during that. It's uh, it's really only this part of her life. You the the before is is hinted at in little scene, the after is hinted at, but it's really about this story and this determination. Yeah, and, totally. and yeah. And it's like, that's my little. Sure. And then right out of the gate, I didn't like, I'm not going to get to, I'll get to that later, but I did at 38 years old. Hey, I I honestly had no idea that, you know, an abortion could be a three day, essentially like a three day thing. You you know what I'm saying? I, I, I really didn't like, you go to one place, we'll refer you here, you go to another place out of state. And then when you're in that state, they'll refer you to another place. You got to do two days. Like, I, I I, really didn't know. But that's, you know, being a man, I don't have, to, I've never had to go, go go through that, you know. So, so that was kind of like the first thing that like, there's like that, that whole movie just gave me, it's weird when I think of movies that give when people, are, oh, this movie gave me anxiety, like Uncut Gems, for example. But this is the kind of movie that gives me anxiety because right away they're just like, well, it's a two day procedure. You have to come back. And then in between those two days, stuff happens. Where I'm like, what's going to, is she not going to, what the fuck's going to happen? You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I mean, in a good way. I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm just like, she's, oh, they're going to hop a turnstile. Is she going to get arrested and have to spend the week in jail? Like, what's going to, you know, so that, so it, for a movie that's on, on a surface level kind of tame, hmm. it actually, there were quite a few scenes that built up my anxiety where it's like, please yeah. just, please just make it back to the hospital on, on day two. Please don't have anything like, Please don't let this guy who you rode the bus with be a, a weirdo, even though he actually kind of was. But we'll yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it tame. 
I would just say that it's that it's an understated it, it's understated in its presentation. Yeah. Um, Sas Saskia, did you enjoy the movie? I did. Um, something that I was thinking about right before we hopped on is to um, think about like the again like the visual language because um, during the film I kept one of the first things that I started to think about watching while watching was the scenes at night in the very beginning that you see the main character in her childhood home in these very dark scenes and everything is very very close up for the most mm -hmm. part um and i was thinking this is like a charcoal painting this looks or a oh. charcoal drawing i thought that it was a very bold use of darkness and like isolation mm. and introspection that also reminded me of some of the the nighttime texting scenes and it felt like love um, oh yeah yeah like the girl alone in bed at night and kind of what the what awaits her um is really interesting and then i was kind of going down this path of like thinking in kind of these drawing painterly terms and without giving the ending away i felt that the film as an overall piece reminded me of what a piece of paper looks like after you've drawn on it, really drawn on it, and then erased the whole thing. And you're left with kind of just an imprint. Holy shit, that's really good. Mm. That's a and really I, good description of it, yeah. Thank you. I, I, it, I get the best ideas in the shower. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, that, that journey that they go on um, is filled with unknowns and anxieties and all these things. But at the end of the day, at the end of that moment in their lives, it is a flash in the pan. And Sharon Van, Van Etten, I was telling Scott, her latest album and single 17 and the main character 17, those lyrics also are kind of suggesting that when you're 17 years old, like everything is so charged with um, almost a feeling that you are the, the star of your own movie. Mm -hmm. But then as you grow older, it just is, did that really happen? Like, you know, was that me? Um, uh, could you, yeah. could you say that yeah. last sentence? I didn't hear it. I was saying that there is this sense that so many crazy, like crazy shit happens when you're 17. And it does mm -hmm. really feel like you are in your own movie, but that as you grow older, the fact that you were 17 and that was you just can, is a total question mark at times. Yeah. Yeah. And what I really liked about the movie uh, and something you pointed out when we watched it, Saskia, was the, how the, the shots were more loose. There were, there were lots of close-ups. The there you really the the pacing of the camera movements. You really got to focus on the characters and their faces, and and you tried to read what was going on. And what I really loved about this film that you don't always see in American cinema right now is the you sort of have to do a little work. Like so much is not stated. You infer from her clothes and her movements that she likes interesting music and you know that she's a little bit of an outcast you know her making her nose ring or like you know Sharon Van Etten who strangely enough we both studied psychology at Brooklyn College at the same time you even in you were able to infer at least I was without even looking at the credits that her mother's partner is not her dad and you sort of can tell that from his insensitive behavior his immature yeah. behavior and you're, you don't know whether her siblings are her step-siblings or her half-siblings, which was something that Saskia pointed out. And then as the movie goes on, you, you sort of can infer from an earlier scene who the father might be. 
there's there's a scene where spoiler alert and uh trigger warning of some some unpleasant stuff when she realizes she's pregnant she she tries home remedies to to get rid of the to get rid of her pregnancy and i was these were so plain they weren't artful they weren't poetic they were just brutal and honest where she you know hits her stomach and tries to swallow vitamin c and you don't really know why she would be doing that aside i mean obviously not wanting to have a child but there's there's little glimpses in it without even though the scene that i just described it's not too heavy and then later on in the movie when she gets to new york and she finds out that she was further along than she thought she was because the the medicine and the diagnostics in the small town are not as advanced as new york and in in her small town and, really, what's that and i think it's also well not implied that the, the the woman who worked at the facility might have been tricking her was a bit might have been yeah well, yes and, well, yeah, yeah yeah and and she's she the doctor there is really trying to make her not abort and has yeah puts her own points of view into it and yeah the film but it's important to to make note though that the character is i don't think like never cries i'm pretty sure um, no she does no well, she the, does it's that well, long scene saying, it's a slow ascension long into scene, crying from where the from where the title of the movie comes from is when oh oh i'm sorry i meant during when, the part that you're describing when she real oh, first oh, oh yeah 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 oh, yeah well yeah, yeah so you have this is that can i i just want to say that thank you for reminding me that that is when she cries if that's pretty much the climax of the film if you think about it i mean i only realize it now that the 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 story is about a, a young woman realizing how much pain they go through. Yeah. I mean she's she's so numb about her pain until she has to describe the really fucked up relationships she has with with the with her sexual partners. And never rarely, sometimes always is is a Likert scale where you have to answer some questions. And it's through this when she gets to the Planned Parenthood in New York City where they ask her and you have this contrast between, yeah, this rural town where they're really making her believe that having the child is the only way. And then the very non-judgmental Planned Parenthood where they're like super nice and caring and are like, it's your decision. And the film doesn't tell you its politics about, oh, you had something to say, Sas? <laughs> no. The film doesn't have to tell you its politics about abortion rights. It just, it, it tells this story. And then you have, you have her figuring out what to do with her cousin during these three days where they have nowhere to go, they have no money and all of this and even though she's off to stay she she doesn't take it she's just she's so independent and so in her own mind the the yeah. protagonist sas um the, yeah i i think again it's it's yeah it's about abortion rights and kind of like what it takes and why it's so important like you know you're raising awareness. There is a sense of like a little bit of art and activism at play here, but at the same time, I think it's relatable on a larger, just the whole idea of what does it mean to, and I think you were saying something at the very beginning of the, at the podcast about this idea of you don't truly feel or understand your inherent trauma of being a person mm. because it's just a part of your life a lot of the times right and i think that maybe this is just kind of almost like a survey of of hey where are you at on this whole journey of life and pain and if that you get what I'm no saying. i do 
Also, I was thinking a lot about female, like, movies that have, um, like, this idea of the female, two females that are kind of driving the film. And, of course, I thought about Thelma and Louise. Mm. And (laughs) so I was like, well, there's, I know there's a lot of movies out there like that kind of this like we're we're gonna go together to the end like sisterhood type themes Mm -hmm. and I just think it's interesting to have a narrative like fiction film that um is so that has the two female characters kind of driving the journey without um like a lot of like hypersexuality. Like there's right. not a lot of like friskiness. There's no soundtrack that's like, oh, we're doing a makeover now and like Oh yeah, yeah sure. Going if shopping. You, <laughs> if you find this film sexy, I, I would suggest that you do some inner work and look at yourself and consider some oh, other because stuff. That also reminds even, me though that we were talking about um the other Safety Brothers film at the end remember um what? Heaven, heaven knows, knows what? what heaven knows what yeah oh boy Ugh. like yeah. i super <laughs> appreciated that this was a film where the characters didn't have to be junkies or didn't have to yeah. have like this thing that made them edgy they were yeah they could have been anybody and that and i and i think putting them as grocery <laughs> store workers really does that it just sets mm-hmm. the tone of like yeah. this is the everyday story yeah. Um, yeah. I do. You you don't. And as see, I see it differently. With going back to what Scott said, you don't think this movie like carries its its politics on its sleeve. No, I think I think you watch the movie and you and it's like it's like obvious that that women should have right over their body, but it's not it's not banging you over the head about it. Right. Oh, okay. Oh, I, I guess, okay. I, I, for some reason, I, I guess I shouldn't have said on, on its sleeve. I just feel like, okay, that it's like, I guess I took it as, as like you were saying, it's like n- n- neutral, like here's the facts. And I thought like this movie is like, okay, just th- then I misunderstood you. Fair enough. Sorry about that. No, it's all good. Um, yeah. Again, like I'm still like, uh, straight white dude talking about all this I'm, i you know i i could be getting a lot of this wrong my my understanding of it could be totally wet you know um it's funny you say i wanted uh, to watch this movie with Tam, with, with with my wife she, she watched it with me and it's just kind of, there are and, and you you realize it's like even though you know shit exists there's still certain, and it could be vice versa. There's things that women may never, you know, go through because they're not a man. But you know, at the same time, that's not what this is about. There's shit that, like, I've literally and, and probably n- n- never will have someone like flash me or expose expose themselves, you know, to to, right. to, to me. But watching it with Tam, she sees that scene and she's so casually like, ah, yes. And then it's just like. I'm I've, I've, I'm experienced. I'm not the most experienced human being, but I've been through enough stuff where I'm still like that. Really happened, you know? It's like that really happened. She's like of every course. woman in every you know? woman in New York City yeah. has seen someone be inappropriate to them on the train. Yeah. I don't know one woman who's yeah. never been like, yeah. I saw some gross shit. Yeah. And you know, uh, Carlo, Carlo called this movie like a kindred spirit to the movie Keen, but I didn't. Uh, I don't see that. Just that it's in Port Authority. Yeah, but... it's important how it's shot, maybe. And yeah, because Keen that that was actually it's interesting. Film directed by my buddy Lodge, and that was the first movie Lodge character movie not shot by his regular cinematographer Teo, another f- f- uh, f- friend of mine. And that looks Keen looks totally different from Clean Shaven and Claire Dolan. But that's okay. Right. I mean, if we're talking like look wise, yeah, one thousand. Percent, yeah. Um, plot wise, absolutely not. But no, yeah. No. Oh, it's interesting. And, oh, yeah. and and speaking of uh, two things, um, and if I'm if I'm hogging the mic today, I'm sorry. Uh, one thing that you brought up that I found really profound that I had to jot down was how sometimes you don't know 
the sort of pain that you've gone through until you have to talk about it. How when the main character is sort of going over her her questions and like at the climax of the movie when the never rarely sometimes always I think about how like even when I've discussed my own pain in my life and in my past with a therapist or with a loved one I don't realize like I'll talk about stuff nonchalantly and then other people will be like oh my god what you went through that that happened to you and I'm not comparing my experience to a young woman having to have an abortion I'm just saying talking about pain and then when you see how people you love react to that you you stop and think like oh okay this is this is what i'm going through and you know there's only there's only a few men in the film and it, they're not caricaturally bad but they're they all are different ways of confusing and not kind you know, speaking of which, the cousin starts getting hit on by when they're on the on the bus to New York. She gets yeah. she gets hit on by this dude, and they end up meeting later in the film. And it's a little gross and a little weird, and you can't really read how much her cousin likes this guy or if she's just doing doing this to help out the squad. It was and, that, that was a transaction. Also, that, that I mean, yeah, it was. Tra it seemed transactional, and completely unrelated. It was nice to see the chi the last Chinatown arcade where you can play tic tac toe with the chicken to see in a movie. Yeah, you know, aside from that movie that your friends made about that arcade. Yeah, yeah, the uh, the last lost arcade. Um, what did you think about the the? the male character seen Saskia? Well, um, the first and most striking image, I think, um, aside from just the beautiful close-ups of the film and kind of the use of color, um, is when you see you're in Port Authority Station, it's fairly empty, it's probably the middle of the night, and they're, her cousin slash best friend who's joined her um, is making out with this boy for this transaction, right? To get them through another night, through another day. And as she's making out with him, she reaches behind kind of one of these tiled old brick colored pillars that exist in the station mm -hmm. and is just holding the hand of the protagonist to like kind of get each other through this moment and there's a close-up of their hands touching yeah um so it's not for me it's not that i think so much about the, the male character it's that i think about how does again how does using the male character reinforce the bond of the female characters um and i thought that was great and i wanted to say something about what marcus was talking about because this was my big takeaway of the film Marcus, you, you're saying that it reminded you yet again of like how unusual it is to remember that there are these everyday kind of occurrences um, like flashing or assault or whatever to women. And I, I or like, or, or not knowing what is it like to have an abortion because you're a man. But I think that women feel that way too because they're, I mean, yes, I think things have changed culturally as far as talking about the different types of um, more taboo journeys that women have in their personal lives publicly. Mm. But I think the main question that most women have is like, is this just me? Or mm. what is, um, I mean, I've had several friends like have abortions that, and, and I still like there is still so much unknown around it because what is there really to say afterward? Um, how could you really describe? I mean, I know that there are support groups for that where you can really um, talk to other women and get more of a detailed um, recount. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think I too feel 
like my experiences, I guess, being like jerked off to on, I don't know how to talk about it. Um, that's the thing. I don't know how to talk about it because I haven't talked about it, but I. But that even adds, a, I don't mean to cut you off, that even adds yeah. an e extra layer though. The fact that like being a woman, you don't know how to, that, that makes me even more like, Ooh, I don't know what that's about. Cause it's like, on it's like, what, what, like, I guess, yeah, everything you just said made it even, made me even more like, damn, I really, really don't know then, you know, what, what it's like because. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I also am saying, I just, I like, I don't know what it's like either. And, 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 like, and, and, and for the listeners, I'm not a, like, I've lived in New York 22 years of my 38 years. Like I've been on the subway before and I've witnessed like, a guy like to some other one i'm not like that never had that happened like i'm not let, let me just be i have to you're not, that. no we're, not, you're not saying that it never happens you're saying that yeah. you acknowledge that it's not usually done to to men yeah or or i yeah yes yes there and just just i do want to say because we i don't think we mentioned the main actors sydney flanagan and talia Ryder, were excellent and we we actually saw this movie we streamed it all three of us paid for it on amazon sure. because because of the pandemic the the movie got taken out of theaters because theaters were closed and they decided to release it this way and because saskia and i were planning on seeing the movie anyway we'll we'll watch every movie that she that eliza hitman makes and I know we were supposed to have her on the show a long time ago. If you're listening now, we'd love to have you on. You, you know, you're yeah. one of my you're one of my favorite American directors working right now. And you know, it was it was interesting to watch a movie that probably would have looked so good in a movie theater, watching it in our living room. And you can rent it on Prime for or any anywhere you can rent movies for twenty bucks. And just think about it like this. If you watch it with a couple other people, you're still saving money if you're planning to see it in the theater because 20 bucks for two movie tickets is actually a steal in New York City. Yeah. And and that's, you know, it's a night out. Uh, Saskia and I, Saskia put me on to the beauty that is uh, Turner Classic Movies. Mm -hmm. So so it's it's like we go to an art house every saturday night we watched we watched the first three peter bogdanovich movies in in two weeks and it just seems like every night they're playing something good or at least something interesting yeah. so you we're just we're the new normal is figuring out how to have a good time with the people you love watching movies you know absolutely it's funny you say that because we just had a my wife is like looking at all my movies on display and like in the apartment she's like are you ever going to watch these and i realized like oh yeah i guess i have. i guess i don't really watch the older movies because i've seen them so many times they're really just out for display just to be like hey you know look what i have but um <clears throat> yeah this movie uh never really sometimes always got me kind of got me back into watching movies now like i've this whole time, you'd think someone like me would be like, let me catch up on this. And it's just like, not really. I've just been watching TV or like watching YouTube videos. But I'm back on my movie watching now, which is important because I, I have a podcast with someone. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I watch a movie every day, if not more than one a day. And Saskia mm -hmm. and I watch a lot of movies together. I've watched every single Charles Burnett movie this week to record a podcast uh, on his about just about to sleep with anger, but I wanted to revisit his movies and I watched all of his old movies except for uh, Killer of Sheep. Um, but do you, do you guys have anything else about uh, about Never Rarely, Sometimes Always or anything that's connective? Marcus, have you seen Blow the Man Down yet on Amazon? No. That's a movie that Saskia and I Saturday watched a couple weeks ago. Which we one is that? Quite, what is it? It's a it's it's about two sisters who's who's who to New England to deal with 
the passing of their mother and then it turns out that there's like this sort of like underground of fishermen and different things and your boy Evan is in it. Oh, and shit. Really oh, Amherst, good. 413, represent. Oh. Yeah. And okay. we really wanted we really wanted to talk about it with you because it's another movie about, you know, the the female gaze dealing with men and the I'll watch it this weekend for another uh, for another uh, episode. I'll watch it. Well, yeah, I mean, we haven't had Saskia on in a while. It's really good to have you back on, Sas. It's good mm-hmm. to be here. Thank you. I'm you... happy to be watching movies again. I really miss that feeling <laughs> of watching a film that wasn't churned out by an algorithm so that I can feel like I'm not having anxiety at night. Um, right not like propaganda though we did we did laugh a lot at coffee and kareem yeah have you seen coffee and kareem marcus no it's a new netflix r-rated comedy with ed helms where where him and a young uh black teenager whose mom being played by taraji p henson who's dating ed helms go on a a romp oh okay as far as r-rated comedies go it's fun okay i got well i i got stuff to check out i i, I got time so there's another net netflix movies i, I movie i want to watch it's a with tashina arnold and various wrestlers from the wwe it's like what's it called son, pro, what? it's her, i'll look at it as i'm talking her, her young son wants to be a professional wrestler <clears throat> And it looks like a cool kind of, you know, and the lead protagonist is like a, a, a young black kid who wants to be, you know, in the WWE. Um, hold on, uh, shit. I heard, I heard the platform was good. Now you have me thinking about the wrestler and thinking about. Um, Darren Aronofsky, like, who's yeah, from Manhattan Yeah, thinking Beach. about comparing Aronofsky and Hitman films. <laughs> Well, they're from similar. There's, 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 uh, they both went to Morrow, right? Oh, they I both know. went to Morrow High School, I think. I don't know if he went to Morrow. I know she did. No, no, he did. Oh, then, 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 then they did because so did uh, what's her name? Jesus, Marissa Tomei, because her and Aronofsky went to the same high school. So then that means that oh, as a, yeah, they all went to the same high school. Oh, the movie's called um, Main Event, by the way. But yeah, they all. Then I guess oh, I didn't know that about Liza. And he grew <clears> up on Jaffrey <throat> Street, where I grew up. But the camera work in the wrestler, a lot of stuff, like did, when he's just like hear, riding. Did you hear that, Marcus? Did what? you hear that, Marcus? Darren Aronofsky grew up on the same block yeah. that Saskia did. Yeah, yeah. No, I no. told him before, I think. Oh. My, oh, my I bad. don't remember. But anyway. No, I'm going back to the point Saskia was making about the, there's a lot. The camera work in the wrestler is very similar to like all three of Eliza Hit, Hit, Hitman's movies. Um, just like. Not from start to finish, but large chunks of the wrestler where it's just like a close-up of of like his face and he's just kind of walking around in the camera. It's not the camera work's not chaotic, but it's like definitely handheld, but still looks kind of cool. And it it so there there's there's something there. It's, yeah, I would feel like the wrestlers like medium close-ups and then like um never rarely, sometimes always is like extreme close-ups. And I think if there is something about being a New Yorker from this kind of part of the city that you don't find a real need to do grand New York City shots because mm. yeah sure sure you know that's like playing into like a New York that you don't you know I'll be caught off guard when I see Grand Central Station from a distance because I'm like whoa like that is you know that's iconic but hey. that's not the experience if you take it back to Beach Rats, there's that scene where like they're going on their first date and their girl assumes they're going to New York City and then the main character, you know, Harris Dickerson's like, why do we need to go to New York City? There's plenty of food to eat right here. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I've always yeah. kind of been fascinated by N- New Yorkers like that who like, maybe, you know, like where they work, it might be outside of it. And this, and this applies to like Bronx, Queens, Brooklyn and Staten Island where it's just like, they're very much, cause somehow they're, I think a lot of it has to do with my dad. He could get you, car, train, bus. He can get you anywhere in the five boroughs. So I think because he was Mr. New York, I assumed, and a lot of people not from New York City assumed that every New Yorker who was born there 
knows every train stop, how to get you everywhere. And in some cases, you know, that's true, but they, a lot of out of New York people act like they're so surprised when there's people from New York City who only know their neighborhood and maybe like their cousin's uh, neighborhood, which probably isn't even that far from where they, where they live, so. Yeah, I think it's also a psychological technique to survive in this city is to think small and think like mm-hmm. me, my family, my best friends, my block, my, you know, because if you think about all the people at once, it's just overwhelming. When I lived in Canarsie, when I first moved into my apartment and a bunch of my friends helped me move and I had to, a couple of them were coming from different locations and I gave them the address and they find, they all got there like, yo, where do you live? Like, they were just like, this is New York. I'm like, yeah, it's like, you have a front yard. I'm like, yeah, I do have a front yard. Yeah. I know. I was so embarrassed because I had finally made my way into Manhattan, which was a really big deal. When? And my, one of my aunts is going um, to notice for school. I was commuting. I never lived in the city no i'm saying um, but like recently are you saying no no in my sophomore year of high school I oh i'm just from... saying be careful don't don't do that but okay never mind yeah I, no I, I was oh god i'm not leaving my house I'm yeah i thought the way you worded it was just like i re- yeah i was like wait what that doesn't make sense but anyway no okay. no so yeah i i was saying um that my aunt's gonna be mad because i'm saying manhattan instead of manhattan um <laughs> and the first time my new friend from the school in the city, and she lived in the Lower East Side, came all the way down to where I live, down in Manhattan Beach. I mm. was thinking, well, this is the first and last of that. You know, nobody's ever going to want to travel all the way out here. My God, yeah, I was so lonely when I lived. That that was like the loneliest period of my life, where it's but just I- like no one comes to visit me and like by the time I get home I don't want to venture back out and go somewhere because it's a two-fare zone like the bus to the train like so I I kind of get what you're saying yeah but you know what I did I got I I fed and kept I like kept everyone at my house I just never let them leave oh nice oh nice (laughs) and now everyone now everyone lives and now everyone lives in Brooklyn that's true yeah (laughs) um Yo, okay, so we got to get ready for Jeopardy. True. We got to get ready for some wings. What? You mean wings? Do not say that. Oh, what? What? I'm I'm coming over. I'm what? It's always wings. uh, The sweet sweet Thai chili, and I'm going to do some uh, garlic parmesan. The garlic parmesan? Yeah, cooked well done, crispy. Yeah. You ever smoke PCP? Not yet. Yeah. All right. Well, um, Marcus. Yo. It's 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 always good to to talk. Uh, I have a of couple course. ideas for for next episode. Mm-hmm. Saskia, thank you for being on the show. You're always welcome. Uh, Thanks. It's nice to see you guys. Love y'all. Thanks. Speak to y'all later. Yeah!